I want to make one thing perfectly clear. This show is not about lumberjacks. My name is Christopher Grunland, and every month I share a story. Sometimes the stories contain truths, but most of the time they're made up. Sometimes the stories are funny, other times they're serious. But you have my word about one thing. I will never, ever share a story about lumberjacks. This time we close out summer with a story about a group of boys who realize they can separate themselves from their shadows. All right, let's get to work. Shadow Dancers. Billy raced out the back door and into his neighbor's yard on his way to Donald's before it banged shut. It was his favorite time of the day, that time just after the glowing sun begins sinking into plush green backdrops of tiny towns, just before moths dance before yellow porch lights meant to drive them away into warm, starry nights. It's that time greeted by the sound of slamming screen doors and mothers yelling after flying children, reminding them to be careful. The children return a routine, yeah, or okay, and race to greet their friends in quiet backyards just waiting to be turned into imaginary battlefields or magical realms where the good guys always win. It is a time for children and a time for shadows. Billy, what'd you have for dinner? Liver, he shouted to Donald. Gross! I told you you should have eaten over. Yeah, I guess so. Where's Dwayne? Here, shouted Donald's younger brother as he raced from the side of the garage. Good, Billy said, eyeing the baseball fields behind his friend's house. Now all we need is John. As if cued, John burst through the wall of high bushes at the side of Donald and Dwayne's yard, kicking fresh scents into the summer air. Hey guys, ready? Yeah, just waiting for you, Donald said. Come on, last one to the pitcher's mound's a rotten egg. Billy tripped Donald as they started racing to the center of the baseball diamond. Today, he would not be the rotten one. When the dust cleared around the pitcher's mound and settled on their faces, Donald was last. Looks like you're the rotten one this time, Billy said. You guys ready? I guess so, but I don't think it'll work. Dwayne laughed at John. Ah, you're such a bore. Who knows, it might work this time. Dwayne turned to Billy, the self-appointed magician whose wild ideas had landed them into more than their fair share of trouble, all in the name of impromptu sorcery. Do we need to make any symbols in the dirt or anything like that? I'm not sure. It couldn't hurt, Billy said. Dwayne said, what kind of symbols? John answered, how about one of those stars in a circle? That's supposed to be satanic. Donald looked nervous. At least that's what David says. John shook his head. David, Donald, Dwayne. Why did your parents give all of you guys names starting with a D? Their names are Dwight and Debbie, Donald said. They thought it would be cute. They're pretty weird. Well, at least we know where you guys get it from. Forget the symbol, guys. Billy watched the sun begin its descent behind the water tower in the distance. The sun's going to be right any second now. Billy believed in magic. 
He had a theory that if one could shed the confines of rational human thought and simply believe in the miraculous, anything was possible. Lifting cars, flying, and even walking through walls. Remember guys, right as the sun disappears behind the water tower, turn, look at your shadow, and jump, Billy said. And when you're in the air, shout, you're free! And most important, you gotta believe. The sun disappeared and the four jumped into the air with all their might. Even John, caught up in the moment, shouted to his shadow, You're free! with the same enthusiasm as his three best friends. They seemed afloat for a few brief seconds before coming back down to the ground. John looked around and shook his head. I told you it wouldn't work. Come on, John, give it a chance, Donald said. I don't know why, but I have a feeling it'll work this time. Didn't you say that when Billy told us he could make us fly? Yeah? And didn't you break your arm? Well, yeah, but... Shh! Billy had grown restless. Everything needs to be just right. Oh, of course, Professor Voodoo. John! What? Shh! Okay, Mr. Magic knows best. Yeah, I do. Think about it, John. No sun, no shadows. We have to wait for the sun to drop down from behind the water tower. Now be quiet. And there it was, descending, falling from the water tower. Just a fringe like an eclipse, but there it was, enough to brighten the area in the sun-setting blush. John looked around on the ground. Jesus! Our shadows. They're... gone? I told you. Believe me now? Yeah. Now what, Donald said. A surprise. You'll see. Okay, but where are they? Our shadows. Dwayne pointed. Over there! Twenty yards away, their four shadows stood upright, two-dimensional specters in a three-dimensional world, like dark paper cutouts of their young owners. Billy smiled and said, You can scrape your jaw off the ground any time now, John. I told you it'd work. You guys ready? For For what? what? Donald and Dwayne said in unison. You'll see. Our shadows are still ours, but they're kind of not. Could you possibly be a little more vague, John said? They can go anywhere, Billy said, but they have to do it before the sun sets. When we get them back, we'll have all their memories. So what? Donald wasn't catching on. So, Billy said, wherever you've always wanted to go, your shadow can go. And when it comes back and your mind is flooded with its memories, it'll be just like being there. Okay, Dwayne said. He waved his hands at his shadow and said, Shoo! as though it were a mass of flies. Just close your eyes and think about where you'd want to go, Billy said. The four friends closed their eyes and their shadows zipped off in an instant, free to dance in foreign lands. The sun's just about down, Billy, John said. Shouldn't we bring him back? Huh? Billy opened his eyes. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. You okay? John was nervous. He'd seen how so many of Billy's other ideas fell apart and got them all in trouble. Yeah, I'm fine, Billy said. What's wrong, you don't believe me? I'd believe anything now. Four shadows zipped toward the four in a flash. Here they come, shouted Duane. There they go, yelled his older brother. What's wrong? Where are they going? John looked worried. There! Billy pointed to a barn where all the City League baseball equipment was stored. Donald started running. 
Last one there's a rotten egg. You gotta stand on their feet, Billy shouted, lagging behind the others. Stand on their feet! Donald stepped on a shaded double, and instantly his mind was crowded with visions of jungles that seemed just as real as anything he'd ever experienced. He fell to the ground laughing as he saw himself swinging from tree to tree, alongside monkeys and parrots. Dwayne tasted rich custard and watched four men dancing on a high wire, part of an open-aired circus somewhere in the French countryside as he reacquainted himself with his shadow. Guys, I see fire eaters and clowns. Wow! He fell to the ground laughing beside his brother. John was engulfed by the smells of the open sea, and he felt the spray of frigid water mist against his warm, rosy cheeks. Hey guys! Penguins! I'm in Antarctica! He fell down laughing, and then turned and watched Billy make his way across the t-ball field toward the barn. Hurry up, he shouted. The sun's almost down. Behind Billy, shadows grew longer. They raced past him toward their brother on the barn wall. For a moment, his shadow disappeared, but the last flicker of sunlight between two trees gave him the needed time to reach it. When Billy went to stand on his shadow's feet, it dodged to the right and was swallowed by darkness. There were no visions of jungles, cold wastelands, or circuses. No sounds of plane engines, train whistles, or anchor chains. No desert sands blowing in his face. No smells of exotic food cooked over open fires, and not a taste of anything sweet. Billy fell to the ground crying. Hey, Billy, it's okay, John said in his most comforting voice. He placed his hand on his friend's shoulder. Hey, I know. Why not go home and turn on your bedroom light and catch it? You don't understand, John. It doesn't want to come back. It wants to run free. I had a bad feeling when I let it go. It's too much like me. It's gone for good. That night, as Billy lay awake in bed, the moon cast shadows in his dark room, but there was one missing. Billy yearned for the sense of a small Yukon village to come wafting in through his open window, but all he smelled were baseball fields and flowers. In the distance, he heard the roar of a diesel train engine, all the while wanting to hear the swishing of a steam-powered locomotive. There was no feeling of cool sea spray on his cheek, only tears. He looked out his window, hoping to see some exotic sight, but all he saw were shadows. A big thank you for listening to Not About Lumberjacks. Theme music by Ergo Fizzmiz, and all other music in this episode is by Chad Crouch, a.k.a. Poddington Bear, released under a Creative Commons license. Not About Lumberjacks is also released under a Creative Commons license. Visit nolumberjacks.com for information about the show, the voice talent, and the music. If you want to help out the show, please share it, or leave a rating or review on iTunes. Next month on Not About Lumberjacks, we step back to the early 80s, into the world of Dungeons and Dragons, and what it was to be a D&D geek back then. Until next time, be mighty, and keep your axes sharp. <laughs>